Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis. Genesis chapter 37, and we're going to be in verse, uh, or chapter 39 as well, so you can uh, kind of get ready and be prepared for that. Um, this last week, you know, everything with going on with detours, we started our detour series last week. We're going through the life of, of Joseph. Um, and honestly, I'll be, I'll be truthful, it's probably now, the more I've spent time in it, and I always do this, it's like the more I read it, the more this one becomes my favorite. This, this is kind of like my life for some reason. Like I'm, I'm like reading scripture, I'm like, oh, I really like this. And then later somebody's like, what's your favorite? I'm like, I don't know. It depends on where I'm at. Depends on what's going on in my life, right? Anybody ever been there? Like there are just times where God's word speaks to you differently at different times and different situations because of what's going on. So if you have your Bibles, Genesis 37, um, if you drive long enough, you know you're going to hit a detour at some point, right? So over the last week, um, if you have Facebook or maybe some of those things like that, um, some reason, I have seen a lot of crazy driver accidents. Like, you know what I'm talking about on the reels? Like, I started looking at one, and it became, I saw more of these reels on Facebook that popped up, and it, it's literally like crazy driver accidents that just come out of nowhere, whether it's like a moron that brake checks the semi. I'm like, why would you ever do that? That's a lose-lose situation. Never brake check somebody bigger than you. That's like saying, I'm just going to get in front of the guy that's like 200 pounds heavier than me, and I'm going to stop. It's bad for you, right? But, but all through life, we're going to have detours. And if you drive long enough, you know you're going to hit detours. And last week, we looked and we saw that God uses detours to prepare us for the destination he has. As we looked at the life of, of Joseph, what we saw was Joseph was a, a, a young boy, 17 years old, who had really seen a lot, had experienced a lot, um, and grew up in a very dysfunctional, if you want to call it, family. And what we saw is that in the midst of this detour that, that was going on in his life, that God begins to prepare Joseph for something bigger and greater. And that's one of the things that I want you to know about in this, is that as we oftentimes go through detours, that God is going to use detours, whether they come from man or whether they come from God, God leading you on the detour, that God uses these detours to get us to where he wants to go. And last week we saw that obviously Joseph, uh, basically his detour came as a result of, of the hatred and jealousy of his brothers, right? They threw him in a cistern, they left him down there, then all of a sudden they see the Ishmaelite traders showing up and they're like, hey, let's just sell off our brother rather than killing him. So we kind of paint this picture of what's going on and what's happening, but I want to remind us as we go through this detour series to always remember kind of the end. We've got, we've got the, 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 the ability to look at what happens at the end, right? But sometimes you and I can't see the detours in the end. We can't see the end of the detour. We don't know what's really going to come about. But in this story, in this uh, true narrative about who Josh or uh, Joseph is, we begin to see that. And so we got to keep this in mind. We're going to keep all of this in mind based upon this. In Genesis chapter 50, it says this, verse 19, but Joseph said to them, do not be afraid for I am in the place of God. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your, your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. It's important for us to keep this idea in mind as we walk through detours in life, right? 
that we have to understand that when, when man may have intended certain things for bad or for the negative to come after us, that God can use those things to still mature us, to still prepare us, and to get us where we really need to be based upon what God has for us in the first place. Now, that doesn't mean it's easy. Like if you look at the life of Joseph, you are gonna realize real quick that there's no way that Joseph had an easy life. Think about it, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this into just a little bit of perspective. My son's 17 years old, all right? Joseph was 17 years old. Now imagine being a 17-year-old boy who has 10 older brothers and an older sister who hate you hate you, like to the point where they have done everything, everything against really what you do. You go and you tell on your, on your brothers and you tell on them and know what's going on. So I put this into perspective that you begin to see what's going on. Joseph is 17 years old and then all of this chaos breaks loose in his life. So here's what I want to do today as we unpack this. I got six things, six takeaways from today's text. So we're going to read Genesis chapter 37, starting in verse 29, and we're going to go to the end of the chapter, and then we're going to read six verses in 39. So if you want to follow along with me, why don't you stand and read with me as we do this. Genesis chapter 37, starting in verse 29, and it says this, when Reuben had returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes, and he went back to his brothers, and he said, the boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? So then they got Joseph's robe. They slaughtered a goat, dipped the robe in blood. They took the ornamented robe back to their father and said, we found this. Examine it to see whether it's your son's robe. He recognized it, and he said, it's my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him, and Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son for many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, in my mourning will I go down to the grave to my son. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, listen to this. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. You can have a seat as you do. I just want to kind of get you kind of primed of what's going on. As a matter of fact, I want to give you the, the key theme or the idea that I believe that we can learn from this text as well as the following that we'll read here in just a little bit. And that's this, that serving God in our detours, while I'm going through a detour, that serving God in our detours leads us into opportunities of influence and blessing. Every detour you go, to, go through, every, every situation, every trial you face leads you into an opportunity to have greater influence and blessing. No matter the detour that you face. Matter of fact, I want to kind of unpack that just a little bit because I want you to know that Jacob, the father of Joseph, he's in mourning. In the meantime, he thinks his son's dead. But in the meantime, what's going on with Joseph? He's, he's sold to Potiphar. So now you think you got it bad, right? Let me kind of put this into context just a little bit. Joseph, again, was the son of Jacob, the deceiving one who deceived his father to get the birthright of his older brother Esau, right? Then he runs because he knows Esau wants to kill him. 
And then there's this great story where there's kind of this, this you know, coming back together right before that, that there's all this beauty of restoration to a certain extent. But now we get to this story where Joseph, number 11, right, number 11 son born, is now sold off into slavery. Now, wouldn't Jacob have some understanding of what it means to be the second born and stealing the birthright of the first? And I want you to keep in mind that Jacob, in reality, was going to give the birthright of the first to Joseph. So now you begin to even more to see why his brothers hated him. But listen, deception runs crazy in this family. Jacob deceived, and now Jacob's own son deceives his own father. And so this, there's this idea that plays out that God works even through the wicked intentions of others. That's number one, that God works even through the, the, the wicked intention of others, through others' wicked intentions. And so Jacob is the youngest. He's jealous over his brother's birthright, and yet he doesn't give Reuben the birthright that really Reuben deserves. So do you see the life of deception that takes place? Like, like this is Joseph's father. This is the one who's going to lead him, He's, who loves him the most. And there's this idea that in the wicked intentions of others that God still Works, And that's one of the things we see, that God's hand was on every circumstance and every situation that God, even in the midst of the sin of others, he begins to work and he strengthens and he equips and he brings people into influence and gives them opportunities of influence and things like that. And listen, when you're going through a test, it's important for us to keep this in mind, that every detour to a certain extent is a test. It's a test of our faith, that when I'm going through a test that I don't mistake the hand of man for the hand of God, or vice versa, that I don't mistake the hand of God for the hand of man. So don't look at this text and go, see, God, God was wicked or God was evil because he allowed these things. No, man was evil and God continued to work even in spite of or despite of the wicked intentions that these individuals had. So it's important to keep this in mind, that no matter what storm, what trial, what test you go through, you're going to be attacked, you're going to be undercut, you're going to have people with wicked intentions who are going to attempt to work in your life, and you can't sit back and go, oh, well, God just allowed them to do that. No, God will work through them. God's going to work in the midst of that situation, and listen, here's, here's one of the hardest things I would say about this it may not look the way you want it to look. If you only see what people are doing and you miss what God is doing, you miss the divine purpose of the detour. Every test, every trial, every detour is an opportunity for you to look. That's why we kind of focus on this idea, to look at, God, what are you doing in the midst of my detour? You may say, well, that's a small thing, but what happens if God just detoured you off just one day, five minutes, in order to place you into an opportunity to develop a relationship because you just happen to randomly start talking to somebody and you develop this relationship that you're able to share the gospel with this person? We were in line the other day, a couple weeks ago. Matter of fact, the youth took a trip to uh, uh, World of Fun and we're in line for the Zambezi Zinger. And there's a point where we're standing underneath the boomerang and it's loud and it goes crazy. And so we all jump. There's a bunch of us who jump. And there was a couple behind us who jumped. 
as well. And so we all jumped, we look at each other, and we start having a conversation. And of course, my daughter goes, yeah, yeah, mom would be talking right now about you because you just talked to any old Joe Schmo in line. And I was like, because we did, we started having a full-on conversation. Where are you from? What do you do? Blah. I mean, by the time I got to the end of the line, when we're getting ready to get on the coaster, I'm like, so where do you guys go to church? <laughs> you know, like there's just this whole conversation. I knew they were going to college. They lived in Omaha. You know, all of these things are going on about it. Every situation, every detour God takes you on is an opportunity for you to be a person of influence, even in the midst of the wicked intentions of others. So it's important that when we look at this idea, we begin to see it because here's what ends up happening, right? Jacob, the deceiving one or the deceptive one is now deceived by his own sons. There's this ongoing repetition of what's going on. But it says, meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph. Now, again, I go back to this idea. You think you have a bad day? You think you have a bad, you've got three stepmoms. Think about it this way. Three stepmoms, 12 other siblings, Joseph has lost his mom. His father loves him. His brothers hated him. He's thrown into a cistern. He's threatened with death. He's sold into slavery. And a couple days later, he's sold again. Like, we always joke about it, right? We're like, oh, it always comes in threes. That's like seven. You think your life is bad. He was sold to these Ishmaelite traders who then go down and sell them again, which was the normal life back then. So when you think about it, I want you to know that God works even through the wicked intentions of others. Number two is this, that God develops and matures us for a purpose. If you want, flip over to Genesis chapter 39. I'm gonna read these as we kind of come along into each section, but 39 verse one says this. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. Here's what I want you to see in number two, that God develops and matures us for a purpose. Like, I know if I was Joseph, there would be a lot of things going on in my life right now. There would be a lot of statements. There would be a lot of questioning. There would be a lot of things going on that, that in my mind, I'd be like, oh my gosh, what the heck is going on? What did I do? God, why are you allowing this? And one of the things that I think is important is that God develops and matures us for a purpose. And so um, in James chapter one says it this way, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And here's the reason why. Because you know that your testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So here's the reality of what's going on. When we go through the detours of life, we begin to understand or begin to see that God wants to develop perseverance in us. And as we develop that perseverance, then listen, here's what happens. Our faith continues to grow. We continue to mature. And it says we will be complete, not lacking anything. Do you realize that God has reasons for detours? Like, think about it this way. Every detour in your life, every test and every trial is an opportunity to see God at work. Say, God, I'm not sure where you're going, but I'm here and I'm going to follow you and I'm going to be obedient. And here's the beautiful thing about the story of Joseph. Nowhere in the story of Joseph do you see Joseph being like, God, I hate you. 
God forgets you. If that's the way it's going to be, it's over. But yet, how often does that play out in our lives? Like, if that's the way it's going to be, God, fine. You can take this job and shove it, right? You know what I'm talking about? As a matter of fact, I even had that mentality. I would tell you that when I brought up what went on in our last, in our last uh, uh, ministry position. And I remember coming to God and going, God, I didn't do anything wrong. I was obedient. And if that's the way you're going to treat a pastor who really feels called to ministry, as far as I'm concerned, you could take ministry and you could kiss it goodbye. And my wife was like, whoa, hold on. Let me clear out because I don't want to be anywhere near you. But that's oftentimes the mentality that we have, is it not? That when a detour happens, we begin to curse at God or we begin to question God. We begin to doubt God and all of these things take place. But Joseph is in the midst of this test so that God can prepare him for the future he has. Now listen, not just for Joseph, but for the future he has for Egypt as well as the other countries. Every detour has a purpose or a meaning, and sometimes we don't see it to the end. Matter of fact, I could begin to say this when we talked about the dream just a little bit last week, that I'm pretty sure Joseph didn't think when he shared those dreams they would end up being sold into slavery. And then a day or two later being sold again. And then going, God, what? I'm not sure what you gave me that dream for. Because this sure isn't looking like what you just revealed to me. And Joseph could have easily sat back and been like, you know what? The heck with the dream. The heck with everything else. I'm going to do my own thing. We're going to go my own way. Listen, when you feel the pressure or anxiety, my question to you is this. How much of God comes out? When you feel the anxiety and, and, and the pressure of the detours going on, how much of God oozes out of you? Or is it bitterness, rage, anger, frustration, resentment, maybe even cussing? What is it that comes out of you when those things come up? Because as we read this text about Joseph, you don't see anything negative come out of him. It's like Joseph understood the sovereignty of God and God, whatever this means, if that dream that you gave me is a dream that you placed on my heart, then I know that you're gonna see it through. I know that I'm gonna follow you no matter the cost. And so when we begin to think about that, we have to ask ourselves that question, how much of God comes out of me? Or how much of the world or how much of the flesh or how much of sin comes out of me when I face the detour? You know, I was driving home the other day and I listened to various stations, but um, for the sake of him coming to town this week, Jelly Roll came on. Um, by the way, I have to turn it. It drives me nuts, this song. But he's, this song, if you know what I'm talking about, is I only talk to God when I need a favor. How many of you approach life and the detours in life with that? God, I don't need you until I need a favor. And when I need a favor, you better believe it, I'm gonna be knocking on the door, trying to kick it down. But God, leave me alone, I'm good, until I need the favor. Listen, that's not what Joseph was doing. And that brings me to number three, that God leads us to where he wants us for the greatest impact. 
that in the midst of the detours, in the midst of the tests and the trials, God is going to lead you to where he wants you to be in order for you to have the greatest impact. Do you look at life like that way? Do you continue to press on and press forward in the midst of the pain and the heartache and the struggles? Are you willing, or let me ask it this way, how far are you willing to go away from comfort and family for the purpose God has for you? Because here's where I would venture to say most of us are at. God, I'll put all my tables on the card or, or all my cards on the table if that, right? if that table means I just get to stay right here where I'm comfortable. Or are you, person, are you a person who says, listen, God, all my cards are in. All my chips are in. I'm gonna, everything's on the table. You take me where you want to use me. I want to read verse two. And I want to kind of piggyback on this because I believe that there is a greater story at play than just yours. When we look at the life of Joseph, we begin to see that there's a greater story, there's a greater narrative going on in this text than just the story of Joseph. The greater story is this, that God works in the midst of evil people, through evil people's intentions, to get us where he wants us to be so that we can have greater influence and impact on those around us. And oftentimes, we're willing to hold on to everything and say, God, I don't necessarily want all that influence and impact. I just want to stay comfy and cozy here. And I don't think that that's what God has ever called us to. I don't think he called us to a life of just ease and simplicity. I think he calls us to so many more things, to greater things. And I believe this, the detours are a simple way for us to remember God's sovereignty. That is this, that God doesn't leave us when we go through the detours, but rather he orchestrates and directs our paths and the process in the midst of the detour. In other words, God is working things out, even in the midst. Let's say somebody evil does something and, 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 and it's bad and it's it affects you in some way, shape, or form. It's not that God did that. And you may even say things like this. Well, God allowed it. Well, that's called sin. The one thing we see all throughout text, the text of Scripture is this, that sin doesn't just affect you. It affects everybody else. Like most of us walk through life and go, well, it's my sin, so who cares? Yeah? Well, what happens when your sin costs somebody else a life? I also want to say it this way. The Bible is also very clear that because of sin, man is failing. That means that we're going to have diseases. We're going to have sicknesses. We're going to have all kinds of natural disasters and things. Why? Because that's the result of what sin does to the world. And so therefore, that's why we need Jesus. So you can sit back and you can blame everything and just go, God, I, I don't understand. I don't see it. I'm going to blame you for those things. Or you can look back and say, man, maybe God's wanting to work in a greater way and we have no clue why. There's a greater story at play than just yours. There's a greater kingdom to be built than just yours. So God leads us where he wants us to make the greatest Impact. Number four is this, that God blesses our work when we're faithful. Look at verses two and three. It says, the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. 
And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. So here's what we begin to see, that every detour is an opportunity to remain faithful and obedient to God, no matter what the cost is. That when God takes me on a detour, I remain steadfast. I stick to the plan. I live according to his words. I make all of those things a priority so that God can work in me and through me. Now, I want to draw out a couple of things. I want to draw your attention to a couple things that we see because the Lord is the one who causes the blessing. Listen to what it says. The Lord was prepared, or sorry, was with Joseph and he prospered. So who was with Joseph? The Lord. So it's important for us to see that, that God blesses our work, that God is the one who initiates it. And then it says, when his master saw that the Lord was with him. Let me ask you this question. When you go through the detours, can other people look and go, man, that person oozes God. That person the Lord is with. Or do they look at you and go, yeah, I'd be just like you. Cussing, fighting, angry, frustrated, cursing God. Listen, here's the beauty of the story of Joseph. Joseph remained faithful no matter the path that God led him on. And as a result of that, God blesses Joseph to the point where it's not just that Joseph's blessed, but others are blessed as well. See, every test or detour is an opportunity to remain faithful and obedient to God, no matter the cost. That's why we say it. The Lord causes the blessing. The Lord gave him success. Matter of fact, it says that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Who is it the one that gave Joseph what he needed? God. And it's important for us to keep that in mind, that when we are obedient to what God has called us to do, then he is the one who's going to be with us. He is the one who's going to grant us success in whatever it is. And here's the words that I love that stand out. Notice what it says, that he prospered, that he lived in the house of his Egyptian master, and that the Lord gave him success. Prosperous, successful, all because he walked in obedience to what God had called him to do, even in a detour. Can you say the same thing? Will you allow God to work in the same way in your life as in the life of Joseph? That God, when you give me a detour, I may not like it at the time, but guess what? I'm gonna follow you no matter what because I know you have a greater story. You have a greater plan. You've got a greater destination that I don't see right now. So listen, God blesses our work when we're faithful. So Joseph, listen, was known as a man of character and integrity even in the midst of the detour he was on. He trusted God, he worked hard for the Lord, he grew in maturity, and he grew in influence. And that leads me to number five. Takeaway number five is this, that God increases your influence when you're faithful. You ever had that idea, God, why does that person have more influence than others? God, why do you allow people to have influence over other people? Listen, I want you to know this. Every one of us have an opportunity to be a person of influence, a person who could change somebody else's life. But we can also be a person of bad influence 
that when God takes us on a detour, we respond in the opposite way and we begin to influence somebody in a different direction. Or we can be faithful and stay to the, to the course that God has called us to. Listen to verses four and five in Genesis 39. It says this, Joseph found favor in his eyes. It's talking about Potiphar, his master. So Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. And Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. And from the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. Now, I drew your attention to a couple of things, but I want you to notice this. We talked about prospering, right, in verse two. We talked about he gave him success. We talk about at this point he found favor. We talk about where, or we see that he was entrusted, right? We see that he was put him in charge. This is not a person of no influence and no integrity. This is somebody who has been trusted, who has been given a lot because he showed he was a person of character and maturity. God opens the door when we follow him in every circumstance and situation, every detour and every trial we face. And what we see in the story of Joseph is this, that when you are faithful with the little things, you'll be entrusted with more. That when you're obedient to God in the little things in your life, that he's going to open the doors and opportunities that he wants to give you. And I think that's important for us to put into our minds and understand what's going on. Because God increases the influence of Joseph here. As a matter of fact, I, this is one of the things I've told people, and I've probably said it a hundred times here. But before I came as a pastor, I remember my prayer before I came as a pastor here, I said, God, I'm gonna ask you to do me two things in my prayer. Number one, grant me favor with the people, favor with the people in the church. And you may say, well, there was only 20 of them. Yeah, I know. But if I make the wrong decision, it could have been 10 pretty darn quick. <laughs> you know? So number one, God, grant me favor with the people in the church so we can make changes. Number two, God, grant us favor in the community. And here's my, what, what I would encourage you to say in your life. God, will you grant me favor with the people that I can influence? And God, would you grant me favor with the people that are outside? Those that I could speak the truth of the gospel to because God increases your influence when you're faithful to the point where it says that Potiphar put him in charge of everything and he worried about nothing except for what he was gonna eat. Keep this in mind. Joseph, a 17-year-old boy, is sold into slavery twice. He's lost his mom. His brothers hated him. They almost killed him. His dad thinks he's dead. And Joseph is so faithful, is such a man of integrity. He oozes God so much that Pharaoh's leader of his army hires or, or, or buys Joseph and puts him in charge of his whole household. Now, we all know later, matter of fact, we're going to cover that next week, that the story drastically changes quick. But if you want to be a person who influences others, you have to grow and mature in the detour. You have to be a person who oozes God in the midst of the painful situations in life. 
And here's what I noticed as I began to circle these things. From verses four through verses six, you'll see this, that Joseph was entrusted, says he was entrusted to care over everything. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph and the blessing of the Lord was on everything. Potiphar had both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything. Anybody see the story of what's going on? When you're a person of integrity, when you're a person who oozes God, God's going to give you the opportunities of influence and he's going to place you in those situations where you can be that person who's going to influence others. And here's what I see in the end, and I want to wrap up with this. The sixth takeaway is this that I believe that God's blessing is multiplied when we're obedient in the detour. God's blessing is multiplied. As a result of Joseph's obedience, Joseph's humility, Joseph's integrity, the blessings of the Lord were upon the Egyptians. Do you get that story? Not followers at this point, but because of Joseph, who was a follower, the blessings of the Lord were not just upon Joseph, but they were on all of Potiphar's house. Do you approach work like that, Christian? Do you look and say, God, I know the blessing that you have given me is upon me, and I want to bless my employer by working my tail off and making them money? I'm not talking about sacrificing consistently, like I'm not going to work for nothing or anything like that. But I'm saying this, and I, I've said this over and over and over again. I believe that Christians should be the hardest workers. You work smart, work hard, work honest, be a person of integrity, do the best you can to work for your bosses and your managers and the owners of your business. Why? Because I believe that God has given you a position of influence, even though you're under him, to promote or proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to those just by simply working hard. Nobody should outwork a Christian. Just going to say that. If you don't like it, take that up with God. So anyways, as a result of Joseph leading and serving at Potiphar's house, Potiphar is blessed. Look at what he says. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. Do you realize that God wants to multiply the blessing that he wants to give to others as a result of you being obedient in your life? I believe the story of Joseph. Listen, yes, it is a one-time story that we can't sit there and necessarily say, God, I want to be Joseph. That's not the picture. That's not the reality of what's going on. But what we can do is to see the takeaways that we see in this text and say, God, when I walk faithfully and obediently, even though I don't know the end, I don't know the destination, I don't know all the places you're going to take me, I don't know everything I'm going to have to walk through, but I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be obedient as I walk with you so that, God, you would grant me the positions of influence, how small or minute you may think they are, 
so that I can be a blessing to those who are around me. Listen, this is not about prosperity. This is not about you padding the pockets of everybody else. This is about you being faithful in the detour, no matter the cost. Because God has a greater thing in store. Matter of fact, Matthew chapter five says it this way. I believe that God may, God's blessing may be poured out on others as a, result of your, as a result of your faithfulness. But Matthew 5 verse 16 says it in this way. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. God has a great plan, a great story, a great destination for you and I, some of us individually, all of us together collectively as a church, because the greatest blessing is Jesus' death on the cross for everybody else, for everybody, for our sins. And listen, you may be on a detour right now, and you may say, you know what? That detours as a result of my sin. That detours as a result because I haven't ever cried out to God. I've never turned my life over to Jesus. Then that's a man-made detour. And that man-made detour as a result of your sin may lead you into a God-made detour, which is God saying, hey, I want to get you where you need to be. You need to grow. You need to mature. And there is nothing wrong with that. But I want you to know this, that you've got to start somewhere. And that start starts with Jesus first. If you don't have a saving relationship with him, knowing that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, for the sins of the world, then it begins there. Your detour is going to start at this point. Because right now, you've been on your own trajectory. And God might be saying, hey, it's time to detour off that because you're getting nowhere. Matter of fact, you're going down a dead end road where it says road closed sign, bridge out ahead. And God may be just trying to stop you from going over the edge. But you got to take the detour he offered. And that detour is Jesus. Father, we thank you for the detours. We thank you for the opportunities for maturity, knowing that every test and trial is an opportunity for our faith to grow, to develop perseverance. And as perseverance continues to grow, God, we know that we are mature and complete, not lacking anything. Maybe there are some here today that are trying to carry the weight and the burden of these detours on their own. God, they just turn them over to you. realizing that you have something greater in store. Maybe they just walk in obedience to rest, to carry the yoke that you give them because we know your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So Father, we pray that we would be people in the midst of detours, that our influence would grow, that we could be a blessing and an encouragement to those around us. Those who, just like Potiphar, may not have had a relationship with with you, but those who saw God oozing out of Joseph, a man of integrity and character, a man who worked hard, not because he just wanted to show off and say how good he was, but because he knew that whatever his hands and feet 
would find to do, he would do it all for the glory of God. And God, may we be those people as believers, as followers of Jesus who go to great lengths to be a people of influence and blessing. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.